You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Hello, friends, as the azaleas begin to bloom and Amen Corner rises with the echoes of champions past as Gary and Jack take those ceremonial first swings. It's a true tradition unlike any other, the MHR Radio Podcast, live from Georgia, live from the Masters. So, uh, Yeah, as you can tell, I am in total relaxation mode, sitting in my room in the 1790 in Savannah, Georgia. Pretty, it's pretty cool. So, Ian, first impressions of, of Georgia. Go ahead and, and let people know how you feel about where you are. As a historian and uh, just a lover of culture, Savannah is a must stop for people. It, it's just it's like walking into a time machine. The way that they have kept the history and the tradition of this city is immaculate. I mean, it, just walking down the streets and the alleys, you can tell that it was not designed for cars. <laughs> you know, it's funny cause you don't get that a lot in the United States because it's such a young country. That's something you see more often in like Europe, but, uh, kind of cool. Like traveling back in time. I like that. It sounds like a lot of fun. So very, so I, I would definitely make it a stop for people just to, to, to look at the architecture, to look at the history, to, I mean, even the roads, the cobblestone roads are, there's a history in the fact that what they put onto the roads comes from all over the world with, with the stones because they, some of it came from ships. It's just, it, it really is a remarkable story. Very cool. All right. Well, and you're there for the Masters, which is a uh, uh, is on everybody's bucket list. If you're a sports fan and you and you love, you know, you love sports in general. Maybe you know a lot of a lot of people listening and watching are going to be Broncos fans, and they may not like golf, but the Masters is something I think that's a little transcendent. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. It, it, if you're a sports fan, Augusta National, if it's not on your bucket list, it should be because. It, it's the pinnacle golf course in all of the world. And even the natives here say uh, one of the, his name is grumpy. He's, he's the guy that fixes stuff for the 1790 hotel that we're staying at. Right. He said, it's like walking into a rich person's house and just being able to walk around. <laughs> just walking into a rich person's house, being able to walk around. That's kind of fun. I don't know if you're What's supposed up, Bronco to do that. Betty. Hey, hey, there we go. So, Ian, what uh, what's on tap for for the podcast tonight? What are, what are we talking about? I think we need to start off with Derek Wolf's comments that let off Tuesday when he uh, met the media for the second week of off season workouts. And as I said, in the story, Derek Wolf is not one to mince words and he's always been a refreshing comment just because you know, you're not going to get the, the typical cliche BS. 
or as we could put it, since I'm so close to Durham, North Carolina right now, you're not going to get the Eddie Calvin Lanouche or Kevin Costner cliche. The uh, Sometimes it rains. I think you should think about that. That's a that's a great line. Yeah, Eddie Calvin, Nuke Lelouch. Uh, anytime you can squeeze in a Bull Durham line, I think you're doing your job correctly. Yeah, I, I like Derek Wolf for his candidness. I think you're right about that. He's going to tell you exactly how he feels. Um, he's not he's not the Von Miller interview, right? I, I know Von Miller takes a little heat for being the guy that comes out and kind of says all the right things. That's not Derek Wolf Wolf's style, which is sort of refreshing. Also a little scary at times. I'm I'm guessing for some of the uh, some of the <laughs> some of the brass in Broncos country and and, uh, and you know like guys like Patrick Smythe and those people are a little 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 concerned about what they're going to say. But I thought he said some pretty good stuff. I mean, I really um, was again. I, they keep saying a lot of really good things about Vic Fangio. I mean, Von Miller was you know glowing glowingly speaking of him and. Uh, Bradley Chubb talking about the accountability and, and how great those things are. And, and then Derek Wolf's comments about uh, just the sort of the, the no-nonsense kind of attitude and, and how refreshing that is in Broncos country. That, to me, was was really good to hear simply because it, it's coming from, from different types of guys, right? It's coming from your Von Miller, leader of the team, captain, out in front of the media, going to say all the right things. It's coming from the rookie or the, the second-year player who's young and doesn't really know any better, but he's saying all the right things. But then it's also coming from the guy who's willing to tell you how he really feels. And so I would assume that's how he really feels. And so I think that's really refreshing and something that we can feel good about in Broncos country, at least as far as the coaching staff goes. And to give people an idea of – some of the comments from Derek Wolf. His first comment, he was asked on his thoughts on the Broncos offseason coaching and personnel changes. And this is what Derek Wolf said. I think Vic is is the perfect I've said this before. That's the kind of guy this team needs. Anytime you come off a championship run like we made, we had four great years of Peyton Manning. When Peyton's around, he's the leader. He runs the show in the entire building, it seems like. Once you lose a guy like that, there's a space that needs to be filled. A head coach usually fills that job, and that's not an easy thing to ask of anybody. A guy like Vic, he comes in and he's a no-nonsense, old-school type of guy. He still likes to have fun, but he's the kind of guy you just respect him. He's got the resume to, to respect. He just demands that respect right away when he walks in a room. And we've talked about this on the podcast. And whether you're you're new to watching what we're doing live or, or you've listened to the podcast the last couple of months, that's what it has excited both Adam and me about Vic Fangio since he was hired, is he really is the right the right guy for the job right now. And it's because of that no-nonsense approach. It's because of that, that that godfather attitude that he brings into a facility and to a team. So the fact that a guy like Derek Wolf, who is not an easy guy to impress, the fact that he's buying into Vic Fangio and 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 says the same things, it just shows 
that Elway got the he got the decision right. And of course it helped to bring in the other guy that was a finalist for the job and Mike Munchak and get him as his offensive line coach. So when you're able to do that, it, it makes it a little easier. But to hear all of, all these players in the first two weeks of being around him saying these things, it, it, it it's another reason to get excited about Vic Fangio and what this team can be. Maybe not for the 2019 season, but for 2020 and for 2021 and going forward, because that's the hope. It, it may not be an immediate change. It may not, it may not be something that, that brings success right away, even if that is the expectation, because this is still the same organization that Pat Bowen said that the, the goal is to win a Super Bowl every year. If it's not, it's a failure. That is still the expectation. But even if that doesn't happen, there's still reason to be excited because of Vic Fangio and that that attitude that he's bringing back to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you make. And I don't know maybe if we should maybe table it for a little later so we can keep talking about Derek Wolf's quotes because he said some really good things aside from that or if you want to dive into it now. But you brought up the idea that um, expectations maybe should be tempered a little bit because you said that may not translate into 2019 success. It, it may take two seasons, right? It may be more 2020 or 2021 that you start to see that success in Denver with the Broncos because of Vic Fangio. But it sounds like there are some clear building blocks there, and we're going to kind of be able to watch that process. I do think it will translate to um, to success for the Denver Broncos in 2019. I didn't say it would translate to wins, but I said it would translate to success. And I know that that sounds strange because the way you measure success in the NFL is by how many games you've won. But I, I think there are other markers for success that – that are also going to be important. And, and after the, the Vance Joseph era with some of the problems and some of the mistakes and some of the issues that you saw with this team, I think you're already seeing some success and just the accountability and the way that the, the players view the coaching staff, the respect that they have for them. And so that's certainly going to be a, a, a that's going to, that's going to be a mark of success before anything even starts, right? We know that there's at least that, moving forward and then everything else that happens kind of builds on top of that which is clearly what you're doing with off-season workouts and and you know once you get to training camp and once you get to the preseason games and things like that everything is building on top of everything else i think that it's important to to read the next quote from Derek wolf and and this was sent by the broncos and he was asked on if the team has lost some of its accountability on it the team lost some of its accountability last season so this was Derek's response yeah it's just human nature this is a 16 week season it's not just 16 weeks it starts in April so it becomes a grind and this is where it becomes interesting because this is what we focused on last week Derek continues a lot of people have been talking about how everybody's five minutes early to meetings and that happens every year whenever you show up. Everybody shows up five minutes early the first couple of weeks. But what happens in week 16 when everybody's beat to hell and nobody feels like being around this building and we're all sick and tired of each other? Are you still showing up five minutes early? That's when it counts. My response to that is, 
are you really going to want to test Vic Fangio? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you can you could make all the cliched Godfather jokes and concrete boots at the bottom of the lake and that kind of stuff, but I think more than that, he just seems like the type of coach that is going to hold you accountable no matter who you are, whether you're, you know, Von Miller, leader of the defense, or, uh, you know, number 53 on the roster. You know, there is going to be accountability for everyone. And that's not to say that different players are treated differently. I think it's, it's, it's obvious that in all, in all sports, including the NFL, the best players get certain special treatment. That being said, there will be a sense of accountability from Vic Fangio and his coaching staff that that should lead to better discipline, um, you know, on the field, off the field, all of those things. I think I think that's a good a good point to make. I don't. I think Vance Joseph lost the team last year. Um, they were, if I recall correctly, six and six when Chris Harris Jr. was injured, and we know how they ended their season. So he, there was clearly a moment there where the the team sort of felt that letdown, and, and just like Derek talked about, we. 13 week 14 week 15 those guys didn't want to come come into the office you know what i'm saying they were they were done they were like teachers in may they were ready to just hang it up and go home and believe me i know what teachers are like in may i'm a teacher in may in about two weeks <laughs> i'm a teacher in may right now yes you are you no, you're not you're a teacher in july right now like you're you're way too relaxed for those of you who are not watching he's you're, he's he's literally you're literally laying in a hotel bed, literally laying in a hotel bed, thankfully clothed. So there's that. <laughs> as far as you know, you well, don't know what's beneath the shirt. Everything I well, beneath the shirt, beneath. I mean, I'm wearing a shirt. I'm, that's <laughs> where are we going here? <laughs> I plopped it out there and expected. Oh, it to well done, well done. All right, I I didn't see that coming at all. Totally missed it. Um, you know what? I thought it was um, I thought it was interesting that that Derek Wolf talked about playing the rest of his career in Denver. I know he wants to do that, and, and I'm just curious. I'm not going to read the quote. He clearly wants to play the rest of his career in Denver. He talked about taking the contract that he took and all that good stuff. Is he going to retire a Bronco? Is that is that going to happen? You think, or or is he going to end up being one of those old vets that has to move on to find another place to continue his career? I think there's going to be a market for him to stay in Denver. I, I, I just I, I don't see him wanting to play anywhere else, given that he's married now and he has a kid coming in, in June or July. July July tenth, as I recall from the, the quotes, is is the due date. And uh, that's a great birthday because my birthday is ten days later. There you go. So uh, I think he's going to end up staying in Denver for the entirety of his career. And I think it's going to hopefully play out like Chris Harris Jr. Because I think everyone wants Chris Harris Jr. to end his career in the Broncos. I think at this point, it would be weird to see Derek Wolf playing in any in a uniform different than an orange Broncos jersey. It's just, I think... I've always gotten the kind of Lyle Alzado feel from Derek Wolf. So it, w- it would be kind of like that if he were to play somewhere else. Because the only other the only other organization that I think could possibly 
fit into the Derek Wolf mantra or attitude is the Raiders. And I don't want to experience that again because to this day, people still don't think Lyle Elzado is a member of the Denver Broncos. No, and in fact, I would say, I would argue that his tr- truly Lyle Alzado's best years were in Denver. I, I, I think you could make that argument. Uh, I think his most um, his his most famous years were with the Raiders, right? That's that's a fair thing to say. And he had some good seasons with them, but his best years were in Denver. I, I think that's a, a pretty legitimate argument to make, right? Yeah, just ask Tom Jackson. Wow. Without yeah, Tom Jackson, I mean, Tom Jackson says without Lyle Alzado, there's no orange rush. And that's why I think that Lyle Alzado needs to be in the Broncos' ring of fame. I, I agree. That That's a topic for another day. I I think, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I think Derek Wolf is going to spend the entirety of his career in Denver. I think Chris Harris Jr. is going to spend the entirety of his career in Denver. And that's something that that Derek Wolf was asked about and responded to in his comments on Tuesday. He was asked on Chris Harris Jr. Derek Wolf said, Chris is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I think he deserves to get paid, and he deserves to do whatever he feels is right for himself. He already did his discount deal, so it's time for him to get his money. That's how he feels. I think everybody can relate to that. You've got that short time span in this league, so you have to earn as much as you can, especially if you take a discount on that first deal. It's not like we didn't make enough money to take care of ourselves for the rest of our lives. To me, he's just trying to make that so we can live even an even better lifestyle than he already plans on. He's got a lot of kids, Derek said, laughing. You know that's a <clears throat> that's a legitimate gripe. I, you know, when you have a lot of kids, they cost a lot of money. Just ask Philip Rivers; he's got himself a baseball team at this point. So, uh, well, you could ask Joe Flacco that. Wait a minute, is Joe Flacco one of those lots of kids guys? I think he has five kids. That's just too many. I mean, I, you know, good for you, and I, I'm sure your kids are wonderful, but. I mean, overpopulation and whatnot. All you need is your replacements, right? If you're if you're gonna have kids, you have a boy and a girl, and then you stop and you move on. You only need your replacements. That's what we did. We we had a we had a girl, then we had a boy, and we said that's it, no more. Also because it's expensive and it's it's time consuming, and you know there's a, there's a reason we're recording this late at night versus you know in the middle of the day. <laughs> well, my wife and I have three cats, and that's enough. I, lo- I love it when, when pet owners compare owning pets to owning kids. It just cracks me up. Because <laughs> we have a dog now, too. <laughs> we just decided we needed more chaos in our lives. It's fantastic. Just throw throw the chaos our way. It, it, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll be you fine. You like the chaos and the drama. The chaos and the drama. There's got to be a way to combine those two words, but I don't know what it is. Um, I, to, to pull ourselves out of that rabbit hole... Uh, I do I do think that it's interesting to note that Derek Wolf is talking about Chris Harris Jr. getting paid and at the same time wanting to remain with the Broncos just because he knows that everybody's money and I think it's really interesting in the NFL. Everybody's money affects everybody else. The contract that Von Miller signed affects everybody else's potential contracts. Which means that you know, paying Chris Harris might 
potentially mean not paying Derek Wolf down the line and seeing him move on, which which is clearly something that we don't necessarily want as Broncos fans, and I think you had a really good explanation for that. I I don't think it would be as devastating. Like I, I, I could see him playing in a lot of different places, and it would be fine. Um, but I like him as a Bronco for life. I, I like his attitude. I like him as a player, and I would like to see it. But everybody's contract affects everybody else's contract. And so, you know, Chris Harris gets paid. It means somebody else is is not going to get paid. And, and I'm all for paying Chris Harris because I think Chris Harris Jr. Is, is the best cornerback in, in the NFL today. That's my personal opinion. I think what helps with that is the salary cap continues to go up. I think if it was a, a situation where the cap didn't increase to go with player salaries, then it would be an issue. But I, I think given the Broncos' salary cap situation the next two years, I don't think that's an issue because even if they, even if and when they extend Chris Harris Jr. after the draft, just load it to the point where most of it goes into 2020 and 2021 because that's where they have the cap space. So you keep you keep the the remainder of his contract on on his deal now for 2019. And then as we talked about last week, give him like a 3 or 4 year deal where where 2 years are fully guaranteed. That ties into the cap situation where you have tons of cap space. So you have the ability to do it, but you're not going to have to worry about not being able to pay other people or other free agents. Whatever comes up, that's how you you best go about it. And if it's a two-year fully guaranteed deal with a team option for a third or fourth year, given that he is getting into that precarious age for cornerbacks. He's, yeah, he's getting old. The, Sorry. That... It is a four-year deal, but he gets his money, but it also benefits the team. Sure. Yeah, I can see that working out just fine. I, I, I just am – I'm. It, it's interesting to note, and we talked about this a little bit last week as well, when you talk about the cap continually going up and contracts getting getting larger, um, when Chris Harris signed his, his contract that he's under now, it was like a top-five cornerback contract, and now I think he's in the top 25 maybe but not top five as far as cornerbacks that are being paid. And so his value has gone up just by virtue of the fact that contracts have gone up for cornerbacks, which means that you you have to pay him to keep him. And, and, and they will. I, I do think that is something they will get done, and, and I think that they'll probably get something done for Derek Wolf as well. I, I think those are both – I don't want to say they're locks, but I, I think – because anything can happen in the NFL. And as we talked about last week, especially a cornerback, if the Broncos somehow end up with a cornerback with their number 10 pick, I I don't know if that – I think that would say that Chris Harris Jr. probably isn't going to be back after this season with the Broncos. But I think that's the only situation where, where he's not. And I don't, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think it's really a need. And I don't think that – there's going to be a player there for them to pick at number 10, who's a cornerback. And as for Derek Wolf, I, I think he's just one of those guys where you need that attitude, where you need that leadership. And especially with a guy like Vic Fangio, it seems like Derek Wolf fits the kind of attitude and, and, and just personality and, and fight 
that he wants his team to have. And I, I just, I, I think both of them are going to spend the rest of their careers with the Broncos. So it, it may not, in terms of Chris Harris Jr., it may not be as soon as some fans would like it, but he will get paid. Sure. He will get his money. It's com- It's coming. I mean, I think you're right. I think it's coming. And, and speaking of coming, I'm going to plop this ad out there on the audio side. we got to make sure we, we do our due diligence here and just take a, a quick break and, and get, a, get a few dollars, get that taken care of, and then we'll, and then we'll be back in about 30 seconds. All right, that's 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 a long enough wait. I'm sure they'll they'll get that figured out. Um, you know, the other one of the other things that Derek Wolf talked about, Ian, was the preseason schedule, and the preseason schedule is out, so we can certainly talk about that, which is always nice. But the 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 question was on how much having five preseason games will affect their off season work, and and he he said, you know, yeah, we've got to report to camp early. We've got a baby coming July 10th. See, I was right. July 10th. I got that right. Feel good about it. Uh, is the due date. And I think we report just seven days later. I don't know. I might be ready to get the heck out of there. We'll see. <laughs> I hope his wife doesn't see that particular quote, uh, especially if she's pregnant, because he better not be ready to get the heck out of there. That's only seven days later. You got to be around to help out with the baby. Just saying, Derek, that you, you might get in trouble for that. I, I think in terms of the preseason, I think it may actually be a benefit that they play a, a five preseason games because everyone knows the third preseason game is usually the most important. Right. But the, the question now is, since they play five preseason games, is it still the third preseason game or is it the fourth or do you have sort of is it three and four that you can kind of do, uh, you you can kind of play with that a little bit and maybe do some things in the third preseason game and then try some things in the fourth preseason game, although all the preseason is is trying not to get anybody injured. I mean that's pretty much all you're doing throughout the entire preseason. So I, I would assume they would just pick one game, three or four, and make that their their dress rehearsal. Right, this is the game that. The starters are going to play the most and and do what they're supposed to do and all that good stuff. You don't you don't want to do that twice. Will the opponent do you think play any role in that? Because the third preseason game is at home against San Francisco. The fourth is on the road against the LA Rams. You know that's interesting. I think that if if you really look at it, I think the the Forty ers are probably the team that they'll be able to really gauge how good they are on both sides of the football. But against the Rams, they might want to potentially see what they can do against a team that was just in the Super Bowl, right? A team that's offense is one of the one of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, I know that Vic Fangio is pretty proud of the fact that he sh- he shut them down as a defensive coordinator with the Bears and then his game plan was used by Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, to shut down one of the best offenses in the NFL and essentially give the Patriots a Super Bowl victory. So, 
uh, it might be an opportunity to see if he can take what he did in, in Chicago and it will translate into uh, Denver. But but the truth is you're really not going to be able to tell because it's just as much a preseason game for, for the Rams or for the 49ers for that matter as it is for the Broncos. So it almost depends on what the 49ers are doing and what the Rams are doing for them to really be able to tell uh, you know, or, or really see what the impact is at that point. What will be interesting is the time. Because let's say the Broncos go with since it's their third preseason game as the game, as their dress rehearsal. That then gives them three weeks before they play a regular season game. It's a long time. So I wonder if that means that they'll go with the fourth game in Los Angeles against the Rams as their dress rehearsal. You know, if you do if you do your dress rehearsal in the third preseason game, it gives you that three weeks though to get healthy again. If you have any, you know, any nicks or, or you know anybody gets banged up or whatever, so there's that aspect of it as well. You get that three week time frame to to get healthy for the first regular season game. I, there's a lot of variables here. I didn't know we were going to be talking about this many variables when it comes to preseason. That's craziness. Well, and the reason that we're talking about it is because the Broncos are playing in the Hall of Fame game against the Atlanta Falcons, which I just have to say again, I think is hilarious that they're playing the Atlanta Falcons because Tony Gonzalez <laughs> is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame not as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, but as an Atlanta Falcon. I just think that is hilarious. It's I mean, hilarious I'm laughing. to me. <laughs> it's great. I think it's fantastic. I mean, the truth is he had his most team success with the Atlanta Falcons. They actually won playoff games uh, when he was with the Atlanta Falcons, which is pretty cool. He was probably so excited about that that, you know, he really is attached to the uh, to the idea of being a Falcon. You know, you know what? That actually brings up an interesting point, and I'm curious what you think of this. Um is Peyton Manning a Denver Bronco, or is he an Indianapolis Colt? Oh, he's a Denver Bronco. Because one can one can realistically make the argument that he had his best years as a member of the Denver Broncos. Well, his best year absolutely was. his Offensively, his best year was with the Broncos. And he went to as many Super Bowls in his four years in Denver as he did in the entirety of his career in Indianapolis. And don't forget that most people didn't ever think he would throw a football again. It's just an interesting side note to that because I I feel like, and I could be wrong about this, maybe I'm missing something. I feel like when I see Peyton Manning doing things, and maybe maybe this is my Broncos bias, right? I've I've got my orange and blue glasses on. Whenever he's doing things with a former team, it's almost always with the Broncos. He's always in Denver. He's always doing Not almost. I mean, have you seen him do anything it's with the Colts? With the Denver Broncos. He doesn't do anything with the Colts. Now, that might he still lives in Denver, right? Yes. So that probably plays a part. But well, at the same time know, All we needed to know is that he gave his retirement speech as a member of the Denver Broncos. His Hall of Fame speech was at the Broncos facility. It wasn't in Indianapolis, 
He didn't give that speech until like a week later. I I think it's int- I will be curious to see when he find when he goes into the Hall of Fame in a few years. What what are we looking at? Like two thousand is that two thousand twenty? Are we almost there? Ugh, I don't know how, but yes, we're almost two thousand twenty. <laughs> I did. I just I think we just had the same uh, realization like at about the same moment uh, of how long ago it was that he retired. Sort of slapped us in the face. That wasn't very nice. I apologize. That was my fault. I'm the one who brought it up, but uh, I'll be curious to see. Does he go in as a Denver Bronco or as an Indianapolis Colt? Who makes that decision? Like in, in Major League Baseball, the Major League Baseball, you know, they make the player doesn't pick what hat they wear in the Hall of Fame, right? Cooperstown, that's all done by the Hall of Fame. Who picks for the for Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame? It's not a choice. They list every team on your plaque. So it's just listed. So it'll say Peyton Manning, Indianapolis Colts, Denver Broncos. So if you look at a at the plaque for Deion Sanders, it will list every team that he played for. So it would be the Atlanta Falcons, San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, Baltimore Ravens, Washington Redskins, and whoever else Dion played for. He played so, for the Braves and the Yankees and the <laughs> The Cincinnati Reds for a while. Remember, he was with the Reds, and he would he would wear the like the quarter sleeves. Do you remember that when Dion played played for the Reds? I always wanted to wear the quarter sleeves with like a regular T shirt underneath, and I was always told no. I thought that was a cool look. That's like the old the old school, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson look from from the Brooklyn Dodgers. Well, now you're going way back. I did. I but sort of had- took that took a turn, right? That definitely you didn't see that coming. I apologize. So to answer your question, it's not there isn't. A hat he won't have a hat on, or a helmet. Right. It, it on the plaque. It just lists all the teams that they played for. So then I guess the question is, who will introduce him in his in the Hall of Fame speech, right? In the ceremony, who will be the introduction speech? Well, it's got to be Cooper, doesn't it? You think it's Cooper? I mean, he's got the most character of. Of that's, any brother aside from Peyton. Well, I mean, Eli has no character. That's not true. You know what? That's not fair. I think Eli's hilarious. Remember when they did the the uh, the the what is it? The direct TV commercials where they were rapping and that kind of. That was funny. That was funny. I think it would be. I, I think it'll be Cooper. If it's not Cooper, probably Jeff Saturday. Oh, that's an interesting one, Jeff Saturday. Nobody from the Broncos, though, right? How did we get on this rabbit hole? We were talking about the Broncos' preseason schedule. We ended up talking about Peyton Manning. Hall of Fame game. Well, the Broncos play in the Hall of Fame game against the Atlanta Falcons, which is funny. Oh, and Tony Gonzalez. Because Tony Gonzalez is is seen more as a a Falcon. Falcon. Right, exactly. Which, again, is still funny. Five minutes later, still funny. Like, (laughs) the funny hasn't changed there. That's how we we got here. That's because F-U-K-C. That's right. F-U-K-C all day. And twice on Sunday. And LOL. And the Chiefs logo. Every time. Every time. What What's interesting about the preseason schedule for the Broncos is they obviously open up against the Falcons in Canton. And then they play at the Seattle Seahawks. And then they host the 49ers. They go on the road against the Rams. And then they host the Cardinals. They have a winning record against every single team they face in the preseason this year. Really? What are the odds? 
Probably better than the Avs getting the number one pick in the draft. Oh, you're so upset about that. I understand. I understand you're upset about that. For those of you that don't know, the the Avalanche made a trade with the Ottawa Senators, and they protected protected their first round pick last year, and then they had the worst record this year, and so they were gonna the Avs were gonna had the best chance at the number one pick this year, and they got the fourth pick, which is terrible because. Draft lotteries are stupid in general. Yeah, just imagine that you have the number one pick. You finish with the worst record in the NFL. And you end up picking fourth. Well, and and we we talked about this a little before recording. I think that the worst team, the worst record, should not be the record or the team that gets the, the number one pick. I think the the first team out of the playoffs should get the number one pick. Maybe that's what it is. Just the first team out of the playoffs because then they're guaranteed a player that's going to have an impact on their team that could potentially get them into the playoffs the next year. Well, that's interesting. Not that, the, not that the NFL needs it. You know, it's interesting. The NFL is a, is a league that doesn't need the draft to really change franchises, right? If you look at the NBA, the NBA needs – the draft to change franchises. Zion Williams needs to go to the worst team in the NBA to make that team better or else they'll never and change. Anyone, and anyone who thinks that Zion Williams is going to go anywhere, but the Los Angeles Lakers is nuts. Well, they, they don't have the number one pick in the draft. Are they you on the lottery yet? Are you the insinuating does, the NBA does a lottery? I know, and I feel like what you're insinuating is that the lottery is going to be rigged in some way. Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm I, saying, I mean, is is Adam Silver really going to pass up the opportunity to pair Zion Williams with LeBron James? I don't know. Well, I don't know. You, you, are you excited about your Nuggets, though? You'll be excited about your Nuggets. They're, they're in the playoffs, number two seed in the West. That's exciting. I've told you this like the last two months, and I've told it to my wife. I, I want to be excited about the Nuggets. I can't. Until I get past Golden State and make it to the NBA Finals, I can't get excited about the Nuggets. Because as two kids who grew up in Colorado and watched the best Nuggets team ever – make it to the to the Western Conference Finals to play the Showtime Lakers and then get ravaged with injuries. Yeah, that was rough. Had the Nuggets not had injuries that season, they would have beaten the Lakers, and I think they would have won the NBA championship. Because even Alex English for that series wasn't right. And then you had Kelvin Nat get hurt. It's just that basically the whole team was hurt. So Doug Moe definitely had reason to yell at Bill Hansley for that series. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just I just realized we were having a, a fairly interesting conversation here. <laughs> it went down we went we went down our typical rabbit hole. Wow. I mean we're we're way we're way deep into the rabbit hole here, so I'm not really sure what to do with that. Um I, I don't know. Do do we have anything else we need to cover at this point? I know we didn't really talk about the, the Broncos and the NFL draft. That's because we still got two weeks. Nothing's really changed. I will say that I, I, I sent out a tweet where I the last two days I've been walking around Savannah wearing my old school 
Denver Broncos hat. I, it's been an amazing conversation starter. And not so much for the conversation because it pretty much always goes now if they could just find a quarterback. What's been amazing is that they've all either said, now that's when football was football, or that is the logo they need to have or go back to. It's just, it, it, it's fascinating. It, it, I, my tweet, I said that it, just, it really does show how expansive Broncos country is because even when we picked up our rental car at the Atlanta airport, there's a Broncos fan working behind the desk. Hey, we're everywhere. It's, it's, it, it really is remarkable yeah. to be able to, to walk around in an old school Broncos D logo. And someone actually tweeted that uh, some might be mistaken and think that it's the Durham Bulls. And I could totally get that. Yeah. But it, very similar with, with, with the orange though. And then the Royal blue and the fact that they all talk about the Broncos. So it, it, it's not about the Durham Bulls. It's just, it really is uh, a remarkable thing to where you're walking around in a historic city like Savannah, Georgia, and people will stop and say, yeah, how about the Broncos? How about them Broncos, right? You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always... Go Broncos!